Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Ad News Podcast. The podcast that celebrates the industry's penchant for a sociable drop and a chat. Welcome to the Ad News Podcast, sponsored by The Trade Desk and produced for us by Nova Entertainment. Today, the podcast is hosted by me, Ad News journalist Lindsay Bennett. We're joined in the studios by Communication Council CEO Tony Hale, Ogilvy CEO David Fox and Chief Strategy Officer Toby Harrison. Um, so guys, I thought we could kick it off with a little bit of background about um, yourselves and how you found yourselves in advertising. Tony, do you want to start? By mistake, actually, Lindsay. <laughs> I was a bit of an experiment. I came into advertising after having a degree at Macquarie University and was hired as an experiment to see if advertising, if, if university graduates could work. And I went into JWT, Alan Robertson hired me and 40 odd years later, I'm still there. And now, yeah, now you're here with me. And now I'm here with you, Lindsay. <laughs> what about you, Foxy? I was at uh, News Limited Suburban Newspapers selling feature advertising by the phone, which is a fantastic experience, a good, good, good uh, lesson in rejection. Uh, and I saw a couple of newspaper articles, John Singleton, he had a really nice car, and I thought that would be a cool thing to do. So I got into advertising, and I ended up working for him for seven years. Seven years. And at Ogilvy for how long? Um, this year, <laughs> uh, 18 years. Wow. <laughs> Adman veteran in the room. Toby, your bio says you're a former theologian. Uh, that's not exactly conventional. Can you explain? Uh, I, like Tony, I got into the industry as a mistake, possibly, or a happy accident. Uh, so, yeah, I was training to be a vicar and I ended up um, in sports television and then I moved down under. I was working for uh, Fox Sports over here and literally just fell into a job with BMF. They took a punt on me, so uh, I'm very, very thankful to Matthew Melhewish and Warren Brown, who saw something that, yeah, maybe they were willing to take a punt on. So, yeah, I don't really trust people who kind of get into this business by choice a lot of the time. So. <laughs> it's a fair call. I um, would uh, support that. <laughs> um, Foxy, we kind of spoke earlier this year, um, and in an impassioned post on ad, you, ad News, you compared the industry to The Walking Dead. Do you want to kind of explain that analogy for anyone that hasn't kind of read that? Sure. I mean, you don't really need to have seen the show The Walking Dead. Uh, the idea is pretty simple, uh, that in the show, like any good zombie movie, the world is taken over by some sort of strange plague. It kills lots of people who then become the living dead. They are the majority and the minority are the people who are actually still alive. And I got to this strange analogy, which was, if you look at The Walking Dead, the people who are alive, instead of facing off against the enemy, which are the impending zombies, 
they tend to fight amongst themselves and kill each other and do the do the work for the zombies. And I thought, well, I got a feeling if you look at our industry, I was I was getting more and more concerned about how our industry is eating itself alive, in my view, and how as as the threat of media transparency is on our doorstep, as the threat of you know, consultants continue to come in as the threat of other competitors come into this market, as a threat of clients insourcing their business, et cetera, et cetera. I just saw us being less than transparent in our media purchasing. I saw us destroying each other on uh, uh, magazines like Campaign Brief. I won't mention that news. Uh, <laughs> I saw our industry having several different bodies and not one unified group. And, and I sort of wanted to say it, and you say it's an impassioned plea, I, th- I think it's time that we started having a debate, and that's why I think it's great that Tony's here, having the debate around the fact that are we good enough as, a, as an industry to ward off the, the, the impending threat of what's heading towards us, and are we good enough to move forward as a unified group? And, and the world's changed. Right? I don't have to keep talking about how the world's moved on, and by the way, it's not going to go back, right? So... When I talk about advertising, I would walk into any media agency in Sydney right now, whether it's Universal, UM, or it's Mediacom, and they would tell me they're a full-service advertising agency. Right? I would walk into a DT, soon to become an AKQA, a good tech business, and they have a creative director, and they have a creative department. So they're an advertiser. So the world, in terms of what we knew as advertising, has radically changed. We're now a bigger, broader community. We're very competitive. And I got a feeling that one area was, you know, not picking on comms council, but looking at the industry bodies. Could we be better? That's the debate. I'm not saying let's change everything radically. I'm saying that do those industry bodies reflect what I want my agency to be, which is a modern, fully integrated communications business? And so that's where the, the I suppose the debate started. And, and I suppose the end question or the brief is, as an industry, can we be better? Mm. And Tony, obviously. Um Foxy has referenced that, you know, he would like industry bodies to come together. You're the head of an industry body that he did mention in our piece. What would be kind of um, your response to his critique on the comms council and other industry bodies about how they need to come together? Well, firstly, let me uh, pick up on his analogy with the um, with the Walking Dead, because I think it's quite an interesting one. Uh, look, I agree with a lot of what Foxy says. I think we're terribly self-destructive with our comment on the industry and we're actually pretty good at the business of advertising in whatever definition that you have. I think we have some own goals with anonymous commentary, with um, uh, with the scam advertising, with transparency on all of those things. So I've got absolutely no issue with, with what Foxy says about any of that. I, I think there's split views or different views when it comes to the threat of consultancies. And and there's an opportunity to get into that a little bit more because while I completely agree that consultancies are cutting our lunch in some particular areas, there's also another viewpoint um, that to use a Sir Martin Sorrell um, terminology, I think that they could be frenemies as well. So we can explore that. With respect to industry organisations, we can always do better. Um, there's no doubt about that, but I'd like to know a little bit more about what Foxy wants from an industry organisation and why he sees that there's too many industry organisations and where we where we mm. might fit. We probably need to dig into that a little bit more. That's a good point. Um, Ogilvy is part of AA. Is that is that correct, or no bodies at the moment? No, no. <clears throat> so we we support the AA just through a sponsorship of their reset event. That's yeah. the only. 
and WPP is a member. What could bodies do to get you on board? What could the Comms Council yeah, do? It's good. So, so the point is that so the Comms Council do good stuff, mm. right? Admar does good stuff. IAB does good stuff. The Media Federation does good stuff. If I look at what we've tried to do as Ogilvy to future-proof ourselves in terms of being a modern communications business. We've taken all the P&Ls out of business. We've created a what we would term a fully integrated model. So data, media, content, behaviour science, social, all the, all the sort of the things that we know and love. And we've put them all together as a unified core. So we've reinvented the core of our business. So 10, 15 years ago, advertising was advertising and CRM. The world's moved on and it's changed. So what we try to do, and it's a constant work in progress, I'm not saying we're perfect, we've tried to reinvent our core to be a fully integrated machine. So when an account leader or a strategic leader sits with a client, they know that behind them they have the power of any piece of arsenal for any one of those practice areas to bring forward. So then I look at the industry areas okay and the comms council who does great stuff and and, and toby's a big fan of the effies as am i we we put that up as one of the best uh, um, award areas in our business um the peak body of industry of advertising yeah and then there's the iab which is the peak body of online and there's the admar which is data driven well we do all that right we do all that in varying degrees of varying clients it's fully integrated so a simple question is who do i join if I have to join all of them, I can't afford it. Um, n- nothing against Com Council's fees, of course. But, you know, I, I need to then look at what best reflects a modern communications business, understanding that media agencies are now full service, understanding that tech businesses are full service, right? Understanding that the PWCs are coming in and we, and we welcome them, right? The competition's fine, absolutely fine. We're up for it. So I, I think what I'm looking for is an industry body that reflects the agency I'm trying to or we are trying to morph into, which is a fully integrated at speed. We're large, but we try and be nimble. We're managing that paradox. I'm trying. We're trying to find an industry body that reflects all of those things for us. And we find little bits in each of them, but nothing delivers holistically. Mm. So the question is, could we bring them together in some way, shape or form where we have one body which represents all parts of what we do, and they represent the industry of which we're all a part of. The AANA, I use those as an example, they, they to me, stand out from the client side as a very organised group who have good events, they have good opinion, they have good thought pieces, and I think they've done a good job over the last three years, and, and that's why we support them, and our clients support them. I think 600 of those clients turn up at that reset event. So I think they they do set an agenda for the client side. So I, I suppose Ogilvy in Australia is looking for a partner and we want to be part of the industry we do we desperately Mm. do but how do we build an industry body that reflects all the things we want to be going forward Mm. and i can't speak for other agencies but i can only speak you know through the lens of us that's what we're looking for i think it's interesting obviously as creative and media agencies come more together um apparently i think you told me this foxy we're one of the only countries that have our media agency body and our creative agency body separately. Um, so it, it does kind of put us in an interesting position as those you know agencies do become full service. Um, Toby, you've obviously worked at a lot of kind of different places in, in the industry, BMF, Droga5. What's kind of your take on this? Um, you know, is it the same as... Foxy or? Yeah. Be. <laughs> I, I share a lot of the similar views. I, look, I have tremendous sympathy for, for both sides of the argument, but I think um, the analogy I was discussing with Foxy earlier was I'm a big fan of boxing, um, but boxing was ruined years ago when there was a diversification of all of the different categories of it. You know, you've got different titles held by different people in the same category, and there was no one advocating on behalf of that sport from a unified perspective. 
Now, you think about that in the context of what's going on in our industry. You've got the UFC brought everything together. It's one single body who are championing and evolving a sport and moving it forwards in a modern age. And they've done it tremendously well. And boxing is dying now. So if you take that analogy and you play it out, what we're really looking for is one body that essentially advocates for all of us and advocates for each of us in all of the ways that we require. Mm. So like Foxy says, you know, we don't just do advertising in the old-fashioned way. You know, we do advertising in a very modern way, which is I think we're a communications company. And that means from social media to data, what data governance means to us re- retrospectively, what we have to do between thinking about how our you know, campaigns go and live out in the world from a media perspective and communications planning all the way down to what things look like in direct marketing and in store. So so there's a whole raft of issues that need to be thought about rather than just through a singular lens. Mm. Um, so I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for Foxy's argument because, like him, I want to know who the right person to talk to is able to have a conversation with me in the same way as I'm having a conversation with my clients, which is about the bigger picture. Mm. And Tony, is this kind of a conversation you're having with, you know, your pals over at AA and ADMA? Are you guys kind of talking about coming more together or, you know, what kind of conversation are you having? No, not really. No. Um, I think you've got, to re- you've got to understand who the membership base you reflect are. Mm. Now, the fact of the matter is that both AA and ADMA are advertiser-led organisations that allow agencies to be members or associate members, but their prime responsibility for the AANA in its most simplest level is to um, is to defend self-regulation, and ADMAR is all about data. Now, it, it evolved from direct marketing to data and analytics, but they're client-based organisations. ADMAR has anybody with a customer base, so all the airlines, all the telcos, all the banks, all the insurance companies, everyone, and it puts them in a very strong position. There's a lot they can do. There's also a lot advertising agencies can learn from them. There's no dispute about that. Um, the IAB that was referenced uh, represent online publishers in the same way that Free TV represents free-to-air television and the CRA represents commercial radio. So they're all representing their own constituencies. There is only one organisation that represents commercial creativity from an agency point of view, and that's the Comms Council. And we've got we've got a lot of members. We've got most of the big members around the country, a lot of the independent members. We've got something like 180 to 200 offices around the country. Most of our members um, do a very wide array of work. It's not just about advertising in a traditional sense. It's advertising to... Um, it, it, it's commercial creativity to meet any brief in in whatever way and one of the great things about advertising it these days is there's a broad array of palettes and technology solutions that you can apply and at the award awards tomorrow night I'm sure that you'll see a few of them so um, I, I think that I think that you know we are the only um, we're, we're the only industry body designed to represent uh, our creative agencies I will also say that I agree with them that there's a weakness in Australia. Once again, we shoot ourselves in the foot by separating out creative agencies and media agencies and having a separate MFA to to the Comms Council. To me, it doesn't make sense. To me, you weaken both organisations. We don't have the clout of their media dollar. They don't have the clout of our creativity. That's not to say that they don't do creative. It's also not to say that our members don't 
Plan and Buy Media because they do. It is all merging. We're all doing the same. But the combined um, benefits of the creative agencies and the media agencies coming together that are inevitably owned by the same holding companies to me is a big weakness in the industry landscape here. You think them coming together is a weakness or them being apart? Being apart is a weakness. Yeah. Yeah, we can't we can't leverage ourselves. Mm. You know, we're weakened in the face of a challenging um, in a very challenged marketplace mm. that's that's moving quickly. Kind of goes into my next question about how the industry can better protect itself. Obviously, in your piece, Foxy, you said you know the zombies are coming, the consultancies are moving in. We've just seen them buy the monkeys, which was a massive kind of shock to the industry. Um, how do you think? I think Tony, you've kind of said media agencies and creative agencies coming back together could protect the industry. But how do you guys kind well, of not so much protect the industry? I think it's about leveraging your power and how mm. you do it. You know, I, I, I think you can capitalise it. You can be a stronger industry you know protecting the industry to me sounds as if you're in a defensive position and i don't think the industry is in a defensive position or needs to be we're, we're in a defensive issues uh, uh, position on some issues and transparency scam ads and things like that that are raised um are there because we've shot ourselves in the foot as i said before but as a broader industry i reckon we've got every reason to be confident we've got every reason um to uh, to be somewhat aggressive in the mm. way we move forward. Mm. There's definitely challenges in the industry. I think trying to warrant and explain our value to clients who are increasingly under the hammer to try and define their margins better, you know, is a constant challenge. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Um, I don't think it's a shock, though, that, you know, the monkeys has been acquired. I think it's just a sign of the times, you know, and anyone with a sensible mind probably would have been able to predict that that would have been the first of the big acquisitions in this marketplace. And I think it's good for the industry. It's healthy. Because it's positive change and it's changing us to be a more modern and progressive thinking body. 
of independent agencies and holding companies. So I, I think it's just sensible. Tony's point, though, is you know there is a threat, but there's also a lot more interesting and exciting stuff going on that forces us to be better. It's how we respond to that force that's the most important question right now. Mm. Competition's a good thing. You know, and there's no doubt, I mean, I, I haven't been on the front line for over 10 years, so Foxy would be able to um, talk in a lot more uh, current status about what it is like competing with the consultancies, but I hear it anecdotally from my members all the time. Um, but a lot of them take it as quite a good thing because we're in a very competitive industry. They like competition. They see it as an opportunity to improve their own standards. They see it as an opportunity to weed out the lesser performing people and and then you have the situation where where Accenture come in and buy the monkeys on top of Kamarama and Reactive and you can see that they're moving in that direction. I, I think that we've also got a lot to learn from consultancies. The one thing that consultancies don't suffer from is margin pressure, IP ownership, all of those things that we've struggled with uh, in terms of margin pressure, obviously a lot more in the last 10 to 15 years, but IP ownership as long as we can go back. Now, they're, they're very good in those things. They understand how to utilise it and there might be opportunities um, to work with them either in partnerships or ownerships. It may, just, it may well be down the track that Accenture um, and become a member of the Comms Council. I personally don't have an issue with it. I think it'll be good. Mm, okay. So watch this space. Might have watch some, this space. Might have seen some uh, consultancies well, I think you just got an on the. You? <laughs> <laughs> I, might well, I haven't have. spoken to them, but you know, you have got other people like Russell Howcroft at PwC, and mm. you know, I think it's terrific for the industry having Russell out there because the one thing he's going to be doing is drumming up support into marketing and advertising. That's what mm. he'll be doing. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hope he'll be back on Gruen too this year. Um, so I guess uh, agencies are kind of making moves as well to compete with consultancies. Um, Foxy, I know you mentioned how you've stamped out your P&Ls um, at Ogilvy to make it a little bit more nimble and to stop the internal fights. Other agencies like DDB have kind of dropped a million dollars recently on repositioning it, um, their brand and what they can offer clients and how they communicate that. Others like MNC are integrating media skills. Who are you kind of see seeing in the industry um, making good moves to you know keep the zombies off? I guess. Well, I, I think from from creating the work point of view, I mean, you, you, yeah, it, you can't go past the agencies like the monkeys in terms of great creative work. Uh, and and Clemenger Melbourne, I mean, you have to put your hat, take your hat off. Not that I'm wearing one, but the, <laughs> the fact that those guys are doing good work, right? And at the end of the day, clients want good work that makes some sort of impact with their consumers or customers. So I think those agencies are doing a good job. I, I think MNC Sarch is a strong organisation, has been for some time. Um, but there's lots of smaller tech companies coming through. I mentioned DT. They're a growing business as well. Um, so so I would always look at, um, you know, if I look at the work that's been created in the industry, I would always look at the monkeys. I would look at Clems Melbourne uh, as, as as agencies that are doing really good work, you know. And, and I mentioned in, in my piece that, you know, I look at work like Graham and go, well, wish we did that, right? And that's a good good sign as a CEO who walks in. I'm sure Toby's sick of hearing it. Right? Look, and, and he says, <laughs> "Make as well, me a right? Graham." And he says as well. So what? You know, that's the kind of stuff that we'd love, we'd love to create. And, and hats off to them. You have to compliment them because whilst we compete, you know, I do understand that good work helps our industry. Right? It, it puts us up on a global pedestal, and I think I think that's good. 
Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, I, I'm a personal believer that the separation of media and creative many, many years ago was a mistake, and I would mm. say that from a creative side. At the end of the day, our job is to build brands for our, our clients, <clears throat> and you have to reach a consumer or customer, whatever you want to call them, right? A consumer or customer. And how you do that efficiently, effectively is the challenge. And everyone's surrounding the same problem. So it's sort of a race to the middle. Meter agencies are full service. Consultancies are monkeys. They're talking about full service. PR agencies are tell you they're full service. And the list goes on. Adobe, Salesforce, we're full service. We do all this kind of stuff. So so there's this race to the centre around who's going to do the work, who's going to own those consumers and customers, and who can help clients deliver end-to-end. And I think one of the key challenges for clients, you know, and our clients, are, a lot of our clients are managing this world. You know, their budgets aren't going up, right? Media splintering, technology's in, at play, data's been owned by Facebook. There are lots of challenges. At the end of the day, whether you're FMCG with the Coles and Woolworths coming at you, with the Audi coming from the side, whether you're in cars with Tesla and electronic, it doesn't matter what industry you're in as a client, they're also needing, uh, struggle, not struggling. They're facing the headwinds that we're all facing and they need our help. The question is, how can we help them end-to-end and, and manage a consumer and a customer? And what right does that brand to have to be part of a conversation? And that's the job that Toby, myself, and and, and we try and do. And I think, you know, um, the creativity that comes for that really should set us all apart mm. from the others. At the end of the day, it's the work. Mm. It's the greatest ad for Ogilvy is the work we put into the market. Mm. Tony, what are you kind of seeing agencies do to, um, I don't want to say... Um, Remain oh well, yeah. Remain competitive um, in the industry. What do you? What shifts are you seeing them make? Well, in terms of shifts, uh, I think Foxy's right. It's interesting from a comms council point of view because we've got more engagement from what we would traditionally see data and analytics led terms as they're starting to expand their offering into creativity their interest in in some of the foundation principles and certainly from an education point of view and engagement point of view we're seeing more and more from those companies uh, participating in at school ipa award school all of those sort of things that we do but i think there are two related areas that creative agencies are, are, are very well placed to to hold up as a beacon and probably um, the vanguard of this interest in in pursuit of the consumer mind. And the, and, and the first thing is creativity. I don't think anybody can do creative like agencies can do it. It's part of their DNA. It's in the culture. That's all about the, um, uh, the pathways into that. And I think that we will continue to do it better than anybody else. But also, um, as almost a um, to bookend the creativity, is the strategic thinking that leads to that creativity and the evaluation of the effectiveness from it. That's why we promote the EFIs. That's why we're building more and more activity around the EFIs, not just to um, hand out a bunch of awards, but he examine in a very complex landscape what is the best effectiveness, how do we measure effectiveness, how do, how do we look to return as much um, return on investment for the marketing dollar. Uh, we bought Peter Field out from the UK last year and I think that he challenged a lot of people with his long-term thinking at the expense about how we're preoccupied with short-term almost promotional marketing at the expense of long-term brand building we'll be doing that again and I think that sort of owning owning that sort of combination of strategy effectiveness and creative is right at the heart of of 
what agencies can do and should concentrate on as part of that pathway and part of the owning the consumer. Mm. When you say agencies, do you, you, you include media agencies? Yeah, I do. Right. Yeah, I do. Mm. I think that there's a, there's a slightly separate but adjacent part to this conversation as well, which is my, my great fear for agencies, and I mean that in every sense of the word, <clears throat> is that um, in the olden days, there were many brands that were made by marketing, and marketing was a core component of their growth strategy. Um, but these days, there are brands that are just built for purpose. And in the digital era, you know, or post-digital era that we're living in now, customer experience is the most important component of this. Being able to facilitate the needs of consumers brilliantly and deliver a wonderful experience for them is what the bread and butter of the industry is all about now. And we're seeing new types of agencies or organisations or companies that are built entirely from the ground up on being built for purpose or delivering an amazing customer experience. And us thinking that brilliant creativity around communications alone is going to save us, I think is a very old-fashioned and outdated thought. Mm. So I, I ad- admire and I embrace, you know, the thinking of institutions like MC Saatchi to create a brand like Ugly that specialises in that area. But it's something that we do, you know, mm. and we're, we're working on because it's what our clients require of us. You know, our primary role as an agency is to deliver value to our clients. That's either creating revenue for them or helping them save money in other places and then helping unlock new revenue streams for them or streamlining them or building love for the long term for their brands. And we have to think of all of those things, not just one or two of them. Mm. Well, and what you've also got, though, uh, Toby, I think you'll probably agree, is a lot of these new built-for-purpose, built-for-customer-experience brands are resorting to traditional marketing techniques to build long-term relationships with them. And you, you can talk about Bank, you can talk about um, BPay, you can talk about um, Gumtree, uh, REA Group. A lot of them are using traditional marketing to build a brand. It's not as if they're just doing it in a, in a digital um, uh, business to customer um, environment. But for many of them, the marketing's baked into their product. They just have a great product, a brilliant experience, and many of them don't even need to market in the traditional ways as well. So I do agree with you. You know, there's there's a lot of very interesting evidence, especially in places like the UK and the United States, that indicates that traditional, what we would call above the line advertising, is very very powerful in supporting long term growth for brands, uh, especially when it's done from an emotional perspective, and that is what the bread and butter of our industry should be about, you know, thinking about long-term growth and custodianship of brands and guardianship of them through what are turbulent times. But there's a lot of other stuff going on too. And I think this is the issue that we're, we're facing more than everything else is we used to do a small body of tasks incredibly well. Now we have to do a tremendous body of tasks at the same level in half the time for less money. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, Ogilvy um, is in its 50th year mm. this year. Um, and you've been there for, you know, 17... 17- since the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, since the start. Um, and it's had to undergo a huge transformation. I know we've spoken about moving from an agency that just creates TV ads to doing all those, you know, things you've just referenced, CX. And um, how do you think you're going at Ogilvy as an agency on achieving that goal of hitting all the touch points and being a modern agency for a modern brand? Well, it's always a work in progress. You know, mm. I'd never say we're done. And I, anyone who says they are probably 
slightly misleading themselves. I think it's a constant work in progress, and it's and it varies by client. I mean, we're we're, we're deep inside a lot of our clients' problems, and others we're skipping amongst the surface. That's just our ability to deliver ongoing work and and deliver results. And as Tony said, you know, effectiveness is the is the what we aspire to achieve to prove that we can deliver work into a into the environment into the market that that works um mm. so we're ma- we're making good progress we're in there throwing big punches we're doing our best um i think we made great progress you know as a company we grew last year um for the first time in, in many years at at speed so that that was great so that that proves to me and i, and I think as we talked about earlier the most rewarding piece for me and I think for the group of the team that, that I lead is that a lot of that growth come from existing clients who entrusted more work with us because they felt that that was the right place to put their work, whether it's digital, you know, basic banner advertising up to high complex uh, web designs, whatever it might be, or total business and, and digital transformations. When our existing clients give us more work, that to me signals that something's going right and, and I think that's the greatest reward. Um, because that's long-term relationships proving to be fruitful and growth for both mm. parties, which I think is a good business deal. Mm, for sure. All right, guys. Well, um, just to finish on, I'd love to get you all to share one piece of uh, advice for the industry. Do you, who wants to start? Tony? One piece <laughs> no one's of putting advice. putting their hands up. <laughs> well, I've had many, many people come to me over the years to say, how do I break into the industry? And I always say the same thing i said it's not very hard if you want to break into the industry you can break into the industry and you will break into the industry but you've got to be passionate you've got to follow your dreams and you've got to never let go of what you want to do nice sentiment there foxy can you match it <laughs> um, I suppose my, my, my point is that we need to compete as an industry, but we also need to come together better. I think we need to a, a much stronger, more unified. I think Toby's example is a good one around the boxing versus the uh, the the what is it UFC. the UFC. Uh, we need to have one belt that we all work towards as an industry. Doesn't matter, you know. Bring the extensions in. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. welcome competition, but we need to get better at a unification model whereby we're all working towards the same stream going forward. And I think then we build a strong industry because there's more headwinds coming. It's not going to get any easier. It's going to get harder and that's fine. And the, and the, and the ones who adapt the fastest will survive and, and many will go by the wayside. That's life and that's probably good for industry that happens. Um, and there's a saying, may you live in interesting times? Well, Tick, we're living in interesting <laughs> times. And Toby? Uh, I don't have a piece of advice because um, – I'm not one to give advice, so I don't think I've made the best choices in my life all the time. Yeah, my wife will attest to that. Um, But there is something I'm very passionate about, which is I think um, it's very unfair of us to ask our clients to be brave and to ask them to embrace creativity when we are not being brave and embracing the creativity that comes from diversity. I'm pretty sick to my stomach of consistently being at environments like this where I look around and it's three white middle-aged and slightly older gentlemen um, and I don't see the diversity that is the critical currency of our very industry so um, if there is some advice in that it's we can't expect the outputs to change if the inputs don't we need different people 
different thinking, different skill sets, different mindsets coming into the organisations, into the bodies, into the agencies, if we want to see any kind of change, because mm. it's not going to come from us. Yeah. I'm an analogue dinosaur by most <laughs> people's standards, and I like to think that I'm pretty hip and cool. So, Yeah, it's a great point to finish on. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um, you've been listening to the Ad News Podcast, sponsored by The Trade Desk and produced for us by Nova Entertainment. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.